Hello and welcome to The Narrative, episode four. I'm your co-host, Tech, and as always, I'm here with my boy, Vic. Hello. And we're going to bring you the top stories in sports. Uh, today, we're going to talk to you a little bit about Tyler Skaggs. Uh, we're going to mention NBA free agency, the craziness that was this weekend, all the woge bombs out there. And we're going to introduce a new segment called Final Thoughts, where we're going to talk about two things that mean a lot to us, but don't have time to really get to today. A little 60-second clips about what we feel about those topics. So this week's narrative is Tyler Skaggs. So Vic, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Yeah, so if anybody doesn't know who Tyler Skaggs is, he's a pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels. And anybody that you know pays attention to baseball probably knows about the news, but it's tragic news. Tyler Skaggs, the other day, passed away to unknown reasons. Really a tragic thing in the world of baseball and in and, and sports in general. Tyler Skaggs was 27 years old, was due to turn 28 on July 13th. Mm. Was a week and a half away from turning 28. Recently got married in December of last year. So just six months ago got married. And it's just a tragic loss for, you know, LA fans, the LA the Los Angeles Angels franchise, his family. Like it's just such a tragic event. It kinda of reminds me of a few years ago with the loss of Jose Fernandez with the Marlins. And me being a big Marlins fan, I you know, I I felt for that. That was one of the saddest days in sports for me. Mm-hmm. And obviously Tyler Skaggs was a top prospect coming up, was a first round pick, fortieth overall by the Angels. Didn't ever live up to that potential quite like, you know, Jose Fernandez, but still a huge loss in the world of sports. And another thing with that was uh, Patrick Corbin, who's a pitcher for the Washington Nationals, one of his best friends, actually wore his jersey number the next day that he pitched. Um, unfortunately, that game got rained out, so he didn't really get the pitch as, as, as long as he wanted to. Um, but another interesting thing is the Angels. The next two games, they obviously canceled the game after. The next two games, they won by four runs and five runs, which the number that he wore was 45, which is pretty crazy. It's just yeah. I mean, it's a little thing, but it's irrelevant, but it's just it's just kind of crazy to think about, they, mm. you know. And it's just a big loss, and it's just, you know, sad. It's always awful when someone passes away way before their time. It's awful when everyone passes away, but right. it just feels so bad for his family, the Angels and their fan base. Everyone who's like closed him, all his friends. It's mm-hmm. just it's so sad to have to deal with that. Yeah, and they were so. they were you know I mentioned they were getting they got married in December and they, you know him and his wife were talking about you know starting a family and so it's awful. It's just yeah everything just you know those people's lives are completely changed. <clears> but <throat> that's the narrative of the week. We'll transition over to the NBA, which yeah, be a little bit more upbeat here. A little a, a little bit more upbeat. Crazy offseason. Probably the craziest in recent memory. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, the NBA owns off-seasons in all professional <laughs> sports. No off-season is like the NBA off-season. For me, I like it more than regular season and the playoffs. It's my mm. The NBA off-season is, off-season is my favorite season in all of sports. All of sports. It's so much fun. Starting with the draft and then just the flurry of players going everywhere. Because the NBA is one of these sports where a lot of people root for players Right, as much or even more so than root for their teams. That's so fair. yeah, you're like wondering where's this player gonna go. You're like, oh, who are they playing with? How are they gonna like fit together? And it's like I think it helps when 
players play both ends of the court. They're in there for so long. You really get attached yeah. to these guys. So, so much fun. Amazing. <laughs> well, Lots with that being said, trades. yeah, a lot of sign-in trades. There's a lot of movement. So we'll start with one of the bigger ones. The Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. They bring in who was probably the highest free agent before Kawhi Leonard came around. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Yeah, before his injury, and Kyrie definitely Durant. number one. Kyrie, definitely, like, what, top five, easily. So they get two big names, plus KD and Kyrie take a little bit less, and they bring in DeAndre Jordan. Which I think is really cool. Yeah, I love it when they do that. They take a little bit that. less than the max, yeah. when they deserve the max, mm-hmm. to bring in DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, so talk about that that, that trio and kind of the dynamic of that team now. It's, uh, KD's going to be out for probably a year, rehabbing from that Achilles tear. This season, they won't be as good as they potentially can be. Hopefully, KD comes back to full strength, being in his 30s, and the Achilles injury being the worst thing to happen mm-hmm. to a basketball player. It is, you know, fingers crossed for him that he can come back full strength. But that's going to be a very interesting team with Kyrie and KD, and then DeAndre Jordan being that rim protector, rebounder, yeah. running that pick and roll with a lob. City, like a lot, but he's been on good teams too. Yeah. So he's remember Lob City with him yeah. and Blake and Chris Paul throwing it up. It's going to be very similar out there. And that's but, the nice thing about having him as your third option is it allows Kyrie and Durant to dominate the offense. Yeah, and yeah. you don't have to worry about DeAndre complaining mm-hmm. about getting his own. Yeah, he's he's a guy who's just going to want to dunk it, get some like maybe some contested layups, <laughs> things like that. Yeah, but that's what he, he is great. Five feet or closer to the basket. Yeah. He doesn't really have that much of a jump he's shot. He's going to get a lot of open looks with yeah. Kyrie driving. Yeah, he's improved his free throws a lot, too. That helps a lot. You don't have any more hack of Jordan. <laughs> That's big. They're going to be a good, a good team, maybe even a great team. If Katie comes back at full strength this season, they'll probably... They'll make the like, playoffs this yeah, year. Yeah, probably the fifth even or fourth KD. seed. We'll see what happens to see how the Celtics come together, see what happens with Toronto and Kawhi. Right. What, I like what the Pacers did a lot, see what they can do. Old how Depot will be back. Yeah, when That's he comes true. back. Can they mesh together? Brought in Jeremy Lamb and uh, Brogdon. Like so them nice, together. Yeah. Miles Turner, he's a stud. See, we'll see what happens. Lots of moving pieces going on right now in the whole they league. Still, they still have Spencer Dinwiddie. They still have Karis LeVert, Jared yeah. Allen. They still have a real. They have a nice yeah. team, young team. I like Karis LeVert a lot. So, and then the one, the odd man out, D'Angelo Russell, mm. is going to be heading move. out west again. <laughs> going to the Warriors. What do you think about that? I think that's a really interesting move. I think he he doesn't really fit their team, like their organization that well, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like with with Steph at the top of the key, but reports said that the Warriors wanted to get something back for KD. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what better did, than yeah. what better than the second man up to the the most improved player of the year, D'Lo, yeah. who was the, the top 3 pick in the in the draft a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, second so, pick. So he's yeah, so he's so he's, he's a really nice piece for them. He's going to be productive. I don't know how he fits with them mm-hmm. just because that they're not going to have much defense at the top of the key. I've heard that maybe they're going to try to flip him mm-hmm. mid-season, which could be interesting. Yeah. We'll see we'll see if they we'll see how I think in the first couple months before Clay comes back will tell us a lot mm-hmm. because he's going to have a, a much larger role before Clay comes back. And so if he if he gets in there and he buys into their system, I think he's a great addition because it adds more shooting, adds more versatility to that roster because yeah. he can really play the one through three. He's a tall he's a tall point guard. And he's really a shooting guard really. He's he's more of like a like a James Harden type. Yeah. But so I think the first couple of months are gonna tell us a lot, but 
they made other good moves too. They they brought in Willie Cauley Stein, which yeah, that's good. It's a low key pickup. Nitro mm-hmm. Protector kind of is like a younger JaVale McGee to some yeah. degree. Yeah, he's gonna rebound him. for them well. He's gonna defend the rim, just catch some lobs. He's mm-hmm. not gonna do much on the offensive side at all. But it was kind of like what they had with Andrew Bogut those years that they dominated. Yeah, uh, their starting five will probably be what Steph, D'Lo, when Clay comes back, Clay at the three. Have Draymond Green and then Collie Stein at the five. Or Looney. Yeah, we'll with, see. With Looney coming in. Collie Stein is probably going to be there. Iggy. Yeah. yeah, they lose Iggy. That's huge. That was. I mean, Iggy's in his the twilight of his career. Right. So it makes sense to move on from him, but. But he was kind of like one of their heart and souls. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a huge part of the culture they, yeah. they developed. Um, we'll see what they do. I like I like the Willie Collie Stein signing a lot. The D'Lo one's a little bit confusing to me because of that defensive concern. And then I think that they are out of their minds saying that Clay can be back in five months. Yeah, that's to, that, to, to jump in there and get this guy rushed. There's no reason yeah, to rush him back. It's a huge risk He's of making re-tearing that ACL at yeah. the five-month mark. Seven months for basketball, the way Clay plays, I think that's reasonable. But five, I think that's way too soon. He's going to have the best trainers. He's in the, I mean, he has like one of the best surgeons probably in the world working on him. But it's not a matter of like how good the trainers are. It's just your body heals at a certain rate. Right. And just getting those muscles back, getting like your feet back under you, everything. It's just it's so hard to come back quickly. And players who come back too quickly, look at Robert Griffin the third, mm. ruined his career, different sport, but then you look at someone like Derek Rose. It took him like four years to get back to To really yeah, get back, yeah. Yeah, to be the player he was, because he came back pretty quickly and had some nagging knee issues. Granted, plays a lot different than Clay. That's why I think Clay can come back in seven months and probably be fine. But it's just you really that injury is about a year before you're really back to yeah. who you really are. So I think five I think months is insane. I think they're still a playoff team. They're still going to be in the playoff hunt mm-hmm. if they allow him to recover. I mean, if he comes back after the All Star break, he's in rhythm by playoff time. I think that's plenty of time to to recover. Maybe not plenty of time to recover, but it's better than rushing him back by December. Yeah, when there's Still, five years on his contract. That yeah, you they need want, him for long term. You don't want to ruin his career because you want to win this season. Yeah. I will say you can though, still contend. Bring him back, even if it's in April. Like, well, yeah, like, yeah, get him back a month before the playoffs. Yeah, just and, like, see what he can do. I just don't rush it. It's not worth yeah. it. And I think if there is going to be a guy that makes a speedy recovery, it's going to be Clay. Yeah, he's that guy that just he's going to work his he's gonna work his butt off. Yeah. He's going to you know every day is <laughs> be working toward towards this. And the way he plays, he's not. He doesn't cut a lot. He doesn't do a lot of lateral movements. Yeah. He's just gonna be catch and shoot, which, depending on the type of surgery he had, will his defense be as good as it was before? That's gonna be, be able a, to stay a with big guys. question. Probably at the five month mark, probably not. Yeah. Probably at eight which, months, probably be pretty close. It's just you know, I we'll see what happens. Yeah. One thing that you mentioned with D, the the whole D'Lo sign signing. He wanted to play with the with the Timberwolves. Yeah, that was an area he looked at. We won't go too deep into this. We went in a little a little too deep, I think, with this. But I think an interesting trade potentially would be D'Lo for Wiggins. I think bringing Wiggins onto that team, if I think you he can would get, fit. You can get guys like Clay and Draymond to get him more defensively like focused. Which he has the athleticism. Yeah, you can't he's teach very that. athletic. You can't teach yeah. athleticism. And he would be a great like third option scorer. He'd be he come in. You bring him in, ask him to be that Harrison Barnes that you had. Right. And you just, everyone knows their role. They buy in. We're all going to do our best to defend. Steph will do his best, but we know he's the guy we try to hide every time <laughs> the team comes down on the other side of the court. And on offense, Steph and Clay are going to light it up. 
shoot the lights at the gym. You're going to be a spot-up shooter, backdoor cut, get to the basket, Draymond Green, space the floor, you know, pass when we need you to, try to crash your offensive glass, Colley Stein, offensive glass, and alley-oops. And that's what we're going to do. That's how we won. Was it 2015 when the first one? Was it 2014? I think 2015. 20, 15. Okay. Yeah, they, when they won their first one, that's how they played. And think and, about that defense. If they have, if, if Wiggins can buy into that system. If he hits his defensive potential. Clay, I, Wiggins. I like that team a lot. Draymond and Collie yeah. That's a really nice defensive yeah. team. The only issue is you're, you're going to be paying Wiggins a lot more than you want to. But, I mean, that's, making, that's about but, what yeah. D'Lo makes. So, if they can make, you can't. You can teach defense. You can't teach athleticism. Yeah, so that's true. You could teach Wiggins to be a better defender, more disciplined, and I think he could grow a lot more. He's still yeah. so young, but I think that's just one interesting thing that we, you know, we kind of touched on. But we'll kind of move on from that one. I know other teams made a lot of moves. The Celtics made some moves. Yeah, and so the Hornets and the Celtics. The Celtics lose Kyrie, obviously, and they lose Horford, which we'll talk about a little bit. But they bring in Kemba Walker. They bring in Anis Cantor. So with those losses, do you think they're a better or worse team after bringing in Kemba? On paper, they're worse, for mm-hmm. sure. Because I'd say Kemba is worse than Kyrie. I think it's closer than people want to say it is, but I think he's right. still worse. And then I think Cantor is definitely worse than Al Horford. Yeah, I would agree with that. So on paper, they're worse, but... Kyrie is a more of a me-first kind of guy. At least he was with the Celtics. Right. He had those issues. I know LeBron was not happy with some of the ways that he played me-first on that Cavs team. But Kemba's definitely a team-first guy. Great locker room guy. He's just a very like he's a very loyal person. He's going to try and make Brown and Tatum better if Hayward can get back to form. Right. Which that, that, that's, that's a big him. if. They could flip him for something. I think they still have moves that they might still make. Well, let's just, let's just say he's on the team, and let's say that he, he comes back to form. That's a very potent offense. Right. And then, you know, Cancer is going to be a good offensive and rebounding guy. They definitely need rim protection, like you said. So we'll see what they can do. It's going to be a very interesting team. And I think like if they combine as a team and they're playing team basketball the way Brad Stevens wants it to be played, then they're going to be a very dangerous team because you sub out – that when they had that playoff run with Rozier in there, mm-hmm. subbing Kemba Walker, you lose Al Horford, but that's still like Kemba's definitely better than Rozier. Get into that in a second, but that <laughs> that team has the potential to be one of the best in the East if they play true team See, basketball. If they play the way they did last year, they're gonna be much much worse. Yeah, I and to your point of team basketball, I think with Kemba as opposed to Kyrie. They're going to be more of a cohesive unit, mm-hmm. and what I kind of the you know what I kind of said was Kyrie is like an energy drainer, whereas Kemba's an energy giver. He's going yeah. to give everybody else energy around him, whereas Kyrie kind of sucks the energy out of other people. So I think in that aspect, it's going to help them a lot more. Yeah, and the skill level is not that much of a difference. Yep, I still think Kyrie was happy there. And I yeah. Think, so maybe we'll might see a different Kyrie in Brooklyn. Playing with KD, yeah. yeah. I hope we do. I hope that he's not uh, disgruntled and unhappy and like me first basketball. But Although when he first went to Boston, he said, I, I'm so excited to be playing in a basketball town. So we'll see. So we'll see what happens there. That one there, didn't but work out for him. Yeah. I, <laughs> if they can, we, we might be looking at a much better team than last year if they play true team basketball. Right. Because they have the potential if they can play team basketball like the Warriors. They have the talent to right. be that Which kind of team. Which that's what they team. need to get yeah. back to because last year just wasn't didn't look fun. That's what, what what makes 
That's when Katie went down when Clay was fully healthy and the Warriors, they sleep, sweep the Blazers and they play yeah. true team basketball. Oh, they're they, looking beautiful. No one's going to argue they're a more talented team. But when you're playing that kind of team basketball, though everyone's moving, the ball's always moving, it's so hard to defend. It's all about the if gears and plays. If they can find yeah. that, they're going to be able to mask a lot of their defensive limitations too. I agree. I agree. But now transitioning over to the Hornet side of this, they lose their franchise, <laughs> the face of the franchise. They do bring in Terry Rozier. Mm-hmm. What do you think the impact is on the Hornets franchise? So this is probably the worst move in Hornets history. This is just <laughs> the awful. The worst move? Oh, it's disgusting. It's disgustingly awful. Yeah. When you're a small market team, sometimes you have to, like, they didn't want to, Jordan not want to pay into luxury tax. So you mm. give, uh, you pay probably like $15, $18 million less to bring in Terry Rozier. Kemba is light years better than Rozier. And he's great with the fans. Yeah, great. He was a fan favorite, the best player in franchise history, maybe the most beloved player in franchise history. Mm. Which I think he and, will be in Boston, too. I think they're yeah. going to love him there. If they win, that for sure. I think they're going to love him, yeah. And like you wouldn't pay him because you want to pay the luxury tax. So what that says to Miles Bridges, Malik Monk, Willie Hernan Gomez, PJ Washington, even Terry Rogier, depending if he outplays his contract, I don't think he will. But if he does, let's they catch lightning in a bottle. He ends up being great. <laughs> I hope so, but I don't, see, I don't see it happening. But you, you send a message to all those young guys that even if you are amazing, you're the, one of the best players in franchise history, if not the best player, we are not going to show you any loyalty because we're, we're not willing to spend. Yeah. So it's kind of like, why would they show loyalty to you? Kemba said, it. He's like, I'll take less. I want to be here. I want to build a contender. I'll take, some, I'll take less, make some moves, show me you guys want to contend, and they drive P.J. Washington. They even package that pick to try to dump MKG or Marvin Williams' salary. They didn't package that pick, a future pick, and like Munker Bridges to move Batum. They said, nope, we're going to sit on our hands, and we're going <laughs> to we're, sit on our hands. We're going to offer you, I think they offered him a five-year, like $168 million deal, which is less than what Chris Middleton's making, mm. which I'm sorry is disrespectful to Kemba. Well, Chris Middleton's a great player, though. Kemba's better. Kemba's better. He's a better player. I, I, yeah, I <laughs> Chris Middleton's a two-way player. And he's I mean, still really good offensively. I mean, the limitations for Kemba are his height. But he, he again, he yeah. gives it his all in defense. Yeah. <laughs> he is a high-effort yeah. player on both sides. So I think the, I mean, the Hornets, I think they're going to... We're going to win 22 games, I think. I, yeah, they're going to they, they lost a bunch of season ticket holders already. That's crazy. Yeah. It's it's sad. You know, they're you going back to, to the, the old seven-win team or whatever they did that Oh, year. my gosh. It was a lockout year, so it was less games. Like when like seven out of like sixty-two games. games, they lost like fifty-five games that year. It was tough. <laughs> that was the worst win percentage in NBA history. Yeah, and we didn't even get the first pick. They're gonna be bad. They're gonna be bad that year. We should have. We should have gotten the first got pick. Davis. Should have gotten Anthony Davis. Kemba yep. Anthony Davis. Oh man, that would have been fun. <laughs> oh man, we got MKG instead. Could have had Bradley Beal. Wow. M- yeah, and it was. It's, when you look back, it's history. always fun to play like a what-if thing. But, yeah, and so many MK, things could have happened. MKG, he was one of those prospects who you say, man, if he can shoot, oh my God, yeah. is he going to be a great player? And unfortunately, he hasn't gotten there. Yeah. And he has a very bad busted. shooting form. Busted. <laughs> <laughs> that form is busting. <laughs> yeah. If I'm on the Hornets, I say, hey, Del Curry, how much do you want to be a shooting coach? We'll pay you. Come in here and do it. <laughs> I don't um, know if he could fix that jump shot, though. I don't maybe know maybe not his, oh. but... He made, I don't like, think Steph Curry was not a phenomenal shooter until he spent two summers with his dad doing nothing but working well, on a jump shot. He spent his whole life with his dad. Yeah, but no, I, mean, <laughs> I read a book about this, uh, and yeah. he talks about he was like specifically worked yeah, like, on shit. For yeah, he was like he was struggling to shoot. I think it was in high school, and then for two summers, him and his dad were just like, "All right, we'll work on your shot. That's mm-hmm. all we're doing." And now look at him. Yeah, best of all time. So yeah, 
Dang. Well, another team that made some moves. The 76ers. Yeah, a lot who, of moves. We'll look at we'll look at some of the transactions they made. So they re-signed Tobias Harris, so that stays the same. Mm-hmm. They lose Jimmy Butler to my Miami Heat, because Pat Riley's a genius. And they lose J.J. Redick, who has been a great system fit for them. But they add Josh Richardson from the Miami Heat, and they add Al Horford, who has always been a top five. His team that he's been on has always been a top five defensive team. So, are the 76ers better off now, or are they worse off now? It's, that's a tough it's hard question. to say that. Yeah, yeah, because definitely going from Rich, uh, going from Butler to Jay Rich is definitely a downgrade. But going from like say, like someone like JJ Redick to Al Horford, that's a lot. It's yeah. an upgrade. Yeah, for sure. I think so. So Jay Rich, he's gonna be a very a much better defender than Redick on that team. He's not gonna be able to shoot as well, but I guess he's still a great yeah. shooter. He's still great. I've watched yeah. a lot of heat games. He's a guy. He's still a great shooter. You have to respect what he's going to like, on the when you come across. He can half take court, you off the dribble, yeah. yeah. And he's on the perimeter. You can't sag off of him. Yeah. So you have to you have to play him pretty tight. Horford can hit the three ball too. Um, and he's there. That's gonna be a tough team to score on. The shortest guy is Jay Rich at six six. They're long. You said he's a long six six. He's a long six six. Then it's yeah. Harris is six nine. Simmons six ten. What is Horford like six eleven? Yeah, and, he's, and, and yeah. he's always been a good defender. Yeah, and, and then obviously that's gonna be a tough a team to out rebound definitely on both the offensive and defensive end. So that's I think that's kind of how they're playing when everyone else is going small ball. They said we're gonna Go we really found big. <laughs> athletic big guys, and we're just gonna see we're gonna try to outrun you, space you out, and, and they're just, still yeah. athletic. Yeah, they're still yeah. athletic. So that's what's going to be interesting about that team. That's, I think yeah, we have a guy six Simmons and six ten who plays the point and can defend point guards. That's huge. Yeah, I will say though they're going to struggle. Obviously, Jay Rich is a good shooter, and Tobias Harris is a good shooter. But Tobias struggled when he went over to the 76ers. So we'll yeah. see how he is for a full season. And Jay Rich isn't JJ Redick. So no. I think shooting is going to be a potential issue for them if they need to bring in like a. Kyle Corr, somebody they need to bring in more shooting because yeah, that could definitely. be their downfall. But I think it's kind of a even break off. I mean, they they add defense, they lose some of their star power. Yeah, their but, bench was an issue, and they improved their bench a little bit, but it's not it's not crazy. I will say the the Miami Heat training for Jimmy was a genius move. That is because that is incredible. Josh Josh Richardson, after watching a lot of Heat games, they gave him the opportunity to be that guy in late game situations. They gave him the ball, they let him do his thing. A lot of times, and he just didn't live up to expectations. Yeah, it sounds like he's gonna be a very so, good role player. Yeah, he's not so a I think guy. so. I think the Miami Heat they really valued him, but once they saw like okay, we gave him this year to to try to be that guy, and he just mm-hmm. wasn't the guy. So I think that's why they felt more comfortable getting rid of him last year when the T Wolves were trying to trade Jimmy. There was talks of the Heat having to give up Jay Rich. And Bam Adebayo, mm-hmm. just to get him. So Along they they got pieces. him just for Jay Rich. Just for Jay Rich. So they so they actually got him for a lot less than they they. Yeah, and they managed to dump Hassan Whiteside, which also. that's the best thing. Which yeah. I'm going to talk about all that later. All right. <laughs> Another team that did a bunch of moves, in a loaded Western conference conference is the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Bring in Conley, which we talked about in the last podcast. Bogdanovich. That's a nice. So now you have Conley, Mitchell. Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gobert. So you're gonna, uh, I probably the person you're gonna try to hide on defense is Bogdanovich, and they're gonna probably run that small ball a lot. Yeah, that Favors is Space gone. He out. went to the Pelicans, so now you're probably gonna run that that small ball lineup. But have a guy in Mike Conley is I think gonna be a very good mentor for yeah. Donovan Mitchell. 
That's going to be a tough team to defend. And and to score. Yeah, because Mitchell and Conley and Gobert are tough to score on. Yeah. And then Ingles, he's probably an he's an underrated. Yeah. He's an underrated defender. He's an underrated player. Yeah. He's overall underrated He's not player. like athletic or anything, but he gets the job he done. He looks very unathletic. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so does Bogdanovich. They kind of, yeah. It's going to be kind of interesting seeing them on the court yeah. together. Like, it's going to be like, wow, but, this is an interesting team. But so yeah, it's kind of, I, I, I like their really moves good. a lot. Yeah, we'll see. That's a low Western Conference, and they made it even tougher. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the Warriors and the Rockets do. They might have some down years, and you might see teams like the Lakers, Blazers, and Jazz kind of and the Nuggets, yeah. No one's talking about the Nuggets. They're, they're running it back with that same team. They're going to get a little bit older, more mature, have a better feel for playing with each other. We'll see what they can tough, do. Tough playoffs for them. Yeah, they still have. I think they saw their MLE. They can probably go out and get another decent piece. Yeah. Even that's they might be interesting. They might sign Boogie to the MLE. Something I think, like I that. Think, yeah, I think the Jazz are going to be that team that nobody talks about all season. But they just keep winning games. Yeah. And they keep winning games. And then people are going to be like, oh, they're actually really good. We don't yeah. want to face them in the playoffs. Like, Yeah, they're gonna, since they play in Utah, they're going to go under the radar pretty, yep. pretty well. They could come in probably like a third or second seed. I'm not sure they'll get, end up getting the one. It depends what happens with Kawhi. I, yeah, if Kawhi goes <laughs> to the Lakers, the Lakers are going to probably get that Clippers, one seed. Or the Clippers, too. If the Clippers, yeah, if the Clippers, Clippers will be very good, too. With with or without Kawhi, Clippers are still a good team. Yeah, so and then that's the, gonna the Nuggets, the second seed last year, the Nuggets could still fight for that one seed this year. They're bringing in Michael Porter Jr. If he's healthy, yeah. If he's, he's back. Like he's, he's, like he's getting back. a first-round yeah. pick yeah. without actually having the pick. So yeah. we'll see. If he lives up to that potential at 6'10", oh, man. He could be a nice. Murray, Barton, Porter Jr., Millsap, Jokic. That's a nice – that's a really nice roster. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. And Gary Harris. Gary, yeah. You didn't, you didn't even mention Gary Harris. He's a really nice player. Yeah. Wow. They have a, yeah. very, they have a very good team, very underrated the Nuggets have done a great job building that team. Struck gold with Jokic in the second round. Murray has developed very nicely. We'll see if they hit on Porter, too. That's a very good I team. I will say, though, a team that didn't strike gold <laughs> in free agency this year. The New York Knicks. God, I feel so bad for Knicks fans. <laughs> At least there's I'm someone glad else I'm not a Knicks yeah. fan, to be honest with you. There's somewhat, another they, fan base feeling my pain, so there's the, that. The New York Knicks trade their cornerstone, Kristaps Porzingis, Mid-season last year, with the yeah. hope, with the hope mm-hmm. that they get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Little do they know that <laughs> KD and Kyrie decide we're going to go cross-town yeah. rival to the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, and it leaves the Knicks to sign Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, uh, Reggie Bullock, Alfred Payton, Alfred Payton, Wayne Elliott, a bunch of role players. Yeah. Sign what's a two-year two deal? Two-year deals. Hoping that two years from now, when they can some do more it all over again. Yeah, they can just disappoint themselves again. Yeah, I, so yeah, it's it's tough. If you are a do? Knicks fan, it's tough. The issue is they haven't drafted very well. Aside from Porzingis, who then you trade away, he <laughs> wanted out anyway because the culture there is just kind of toxic, and that's a huge thing. You know, people don't want to play in for a franchise that's not run well. Yeah. You know, all the dysfunction with Phil Jackson was there, so dysfunctional, still dysfunctional even after he left. That's what the Warriors are so good. That's how they enticed KD to go there because they're, at the time, they might even still be, but they were one of the best ran franchises. Right. And look at, like, they chose the Nets. They want to go to New York, and they chose the Nets over the Knicks. Why? Because the Nets have played very well despite being, right. having limited resources, have drafted very well, have a good coach, and they're showing teams like, we messed up was like five years ago but with that trade. Recovered. And I said, well, we figured it out. We have a clear strategy. This is what we want to do. Come yep. here, join this. And Whereas the Knicks are just yeah. all over the place. They don't yeah. know, do we keep Porzingis? Do we grow young? Like, 
Yeah. I do like Kevin Knox. I do like R.J. Barrett. But I like Dennis other guys, the we'll two-year yeah. deals, I think that's smart to do that. Oh, yeah. Don't overpay for anybody. No. Once you lose out, the one thing is I saw, supposedly, they didn't take a meeting with Kawhi Leonard because they were afraid of missing out on other guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. If but, I mean, it, it, Kawhi wasn't going to go there, yeah, so I that's think, fair. But still. I think that is just a very humble and, like, <laughs> a very humble way of saying we have no shot, Kawhi. We have no shot at Kawhi. And be yeah. like, you know what? Well, I appreciate you coming to meet with us, but we know you're not coming <laughs> here. So we're gonna focus on getting some other guys, guys who want to come play here. See what we can do. I think I feel like the Knicks, after missing out on, on Katie and Kyrie, maybe like put themselves in the mirror and said, "Hey, this is us." Yeah. I, and that might be a show of maturity, but in two years, they, I could be wrong. They could be right back to the same old Knicks. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I yeah, I don't. I, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So. <laughs> But no, the other team that hasn't gone anywhere at all, any probably going anytime soon is the Suns. The Suns, yeah. So let's talk about that. I'm a little confused. I know you have some in- insider information on this, but they trade Josh Jackson and they get two second round picks along with that to the Grizzlies to buy out Corver, Corver, and they get a thirty percent shooter in Javon Carter. Yeah. What, so what's, what's going on there? I'm confused. The Suns for years were drafting based on upside. They said, let's get these high upside guys, see if we can develop them, see what happens. And that led to picks like Josh Jackson, Marquise Chris, Dragon Bender, you know, all those guys. And none of them are on the team anymore. And Chris, I'm not even sure if he's going to be in the league. Dragon Bender might not be in the league. And we'll see what happens with Josh Jackson. And so now they're going, you know what, let's, let's focus on culture. Let's get guys here who want to be here, guys who – care so much about playing basketball who just want to be the best possible so they bring a guy like cam johnson that's who they drafted we gave them some mm-hmm. flack for drafting him saying it was a reach and still rv was a reach but they we'll said see. we high character guy would want to be here still he's gonna w- yeah work work <laughs> very hard great shooter we're gonna build around devin booker build around deandre ayton mikhail bridges by doing this trade, they can now sign Ricky Rubio. They finally have an established point guard. Which that's a nice pickup. Yeah. So, do they? They probably might. They might have been able to get more for Josh Jackson if it wasn't the salary dump. But then again, I mean, if you're giving up on the fourth overall pick two years in, yeah, it's kind of like you're probably only gonna get pennies back on the dollar, which is the case here. But to also then, give away two second round picks, which yeah. That can add up to talent. I mean, we've seen it yeah. all the time. These second round like picks. Draymond Green. Yeah, Jokic just mentioned him. See, so you have a lot of good second round players who can sometimes develop. Yeah, they have second round picks who's developing a very good players. And then they have like five other point guards behind Ricky Rubio, <laughs> who in training camp you see do any of them show flashes? Do they even can develop these guys? Ricky Rubio can be like the mentor. That yeah, you're talking about men- Patty Mills. Yeah. <laughs> men- they can mentor these guys, and we'll we'll see what they can do. I'm. I think Rubio's a nice pickup because he's you know he's a good defender. He is going to be able to run that offense, organize the offense, help out De- DeAndre Ayton. That's going to be a nice pick and roll. Yeah. Um, obviously, Booker is going to be in there. So I do like the, the Rubio pickup, but I I still I feel like on the flip side, the Grizzlies are getting – that's a nice trade for them. They're, they're getting oh, a guy definitely. that still has value because he's still young. They gave up nothing to get, to get him. Yeah. yeah. And they got picks up. Yeah. You say one second round pick is the equivalent of Javon Carter. Yeah. And the second round pick, you know, it's, let's see what happens with it. And then you bring in Josh Jackson. You can't salvage him. Oh, well, that was a two-year experiment at the most. 
you do salvage him, you get a fourth overall pick, lives up to his potential, terrific defender, develops a jump shot, it'd be a great fit alongside Jaron Jackson and everything else they're doing there. So we'll see if John, yeah, John Morant, Josh Jackson, Jaron Jackson Jr., yeah, all the Jays, <laughs> yeah, if they all live up to their potential, that is a very good, yeah. you know, three-headed monsters. We'll see what happens. And yeah, you're going to go a lot again. him. I think that the, the Grizzlies won that trade, but I understand that where, the, where the Suns are coming from. I thought I wanted to see a Josh Jackson for Spencer Dinwiddie trade, but I, don't, mm. I guess the Suns, the Suns probably didn't want to go for that. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they, they explored. Yeah, and that would have been the uh, Suns would have had taken on salary to make that work. In this case, they, they yeah, ended up dumping 5.5 yeah, million. You're dumping salary at this point. So, so we'll see how they are in the next couple of years, but I think they're going to be bad, so they're going to be able to get more assets, hopefully, mm-hmm. through the draft, as long as they don't get screwed in the draft again for like <laughs> a third year in a row. <laughs> but it's been rough for them, but we'll see. Yep. We'll see. Well, that brings us to our final segment and our, our new segment called Final Thoughts, final brought thoughts. to you by Bottle Bash, the best outdoor game there is. Great for tailgates. Absolutely. And it's 4th of, yeah, of July. Yeah, 4th of July. There's a USA kit yeah. that is pretty sick. It's got the, the whole red, white, and blue scheme to it. So I'm going to be playing it today. Yeah. So, I'm going to be playing it with you. Oh, Can't yeah. Wait. Absolutely. <laughs> So get bottle bash, but that brings us to our final thoughts. All right, so this it's going to be a minute, a story 16. that we want to talk about, but could incorporate into the show or something we just want to Absolutely. rant get about for a minute. So I guess I'll go first. Yeah. All right, I'll talk about the U.S. Women's National Team. You know, the clock has started. Oh man, okay. <laughs> I love the U.S. Women's National Team. You know this, but I've watched every game so far, and in the knockout stage, against you know the, uh, we beat uh, Paris. The two goals we scored, not Paris, we beat France, excuse me. <laughs> two, goals, two goals we scored against them, both scored by Rapino. When we beat Spain, two goals, both scored by, again, Megan Rapino. So all of a sudden she's not going to play against England. England's such a tough team. I was worried. I know a lot of Americans were worried. In comes Christine Press, mm. scores the first goal. That ended up, it was huge because then Alex Morgan comes in, scores what ended up being the game-winning goal. Mm. I love Alex Morgan. She's one of my favorites. <laughs> But for someone to come in on such a huge stage, the semifinals, mm. score that goal, help send us off to the actual championship, it's huge. Love the women's team. Can't wait to watch that game on Sunday. Do they win? Yes. There we go. Right on the dot. A minute again, <laughs> man. You're, you're good with this. <laughs> I like the take. But my final thought, start the clock, boom. My final thought, I mentioned it earlier, the Miami Heat, Pat Riley, back on his thing, doing his thing. Trades for Jimmy Butler, the biggest surprise of free agency. Jimmy Butler to the Miami Heat. I've been talking about it for two years. You doubted me. Everybody <laughs> else doubted that it could happen. In the process, we get rid of Hassan Whiteside's contract, which Hassan had some good years there, but his time was up, ready to move on. We get rid of Olenek's contract. We lose Jay Rich, but as I said, he's not that cornerstone guy that, that – it looked like he might be. And we bring in Myers Leonard, who's a nice stretch five mm-hmm. that can help with some shooting. Jimmy Butler gives the Miami Heat a face of the franchise. It solidifies their defense. I think he's going to fit perfectly into the culture. He went to Marquette, same place that D-Wade went to. Fills in right in that kind of like leadership role that D-Wade had. Miami Heat, biggest surprise, Pat Riley's back. Let's go. Tyler Hero. Looking good, stroking in the summer league. <laughs> I'm All right, and that is that's it for this week's episode of the narrative. Again, thanks for listening. Any feedback, you know, please let us know, positive or negative. 
whatever you guys want us to talk about. Love to hear some thoughts. Absolutely. And can't wait to talk to you all next week. Happy 4th of July.